Welcome to the sermon podcast from North Decatur United Methodist Church, where all are welcomed and included, connected with God and with one another, and sent out in service and invitation to the world. Each week we bring you the most recent sermon from me, Patrick Fallhaber, or from guest preachers. Thank you for listening and subscribing. In a small town in rural Kentucky, Petersburg, there's this museum that exists as a symbol of Christianity's, aspects of Christianity's attempts to prove this seven-day story of creation. It's called the Creation Museum, and it was built by um, a lot of donations from Christians around the world and set into place by a man named Ken. Um, And he built the Creation Museum specifically with the idea to push back against some newer, at the time, science related to evolution and the origins of the universe and all these sorts of things, and reintroduce this idea of a biblical scientific understanding of the world. So there's this museum in a lot of ways exists as a reaction to new knowledge that comes through critical inquiry, which is a really complicated place for us to experience science and our religious background. In fact, one of the first times that I felt like my faith was at odds with my experience of the world was related to this question, related to questions of evolution and related to questions of the age of the universe and what does it mean that the universe is expanding at a ever-increasing rate? What does it mean that um, we have this knowledge and data and proof of the way that plants and animals and everything evolves from one generation to the next over the course of millions of years, leading us to where we are today. When we have a story, a piece of scripture, meant to be held as sacred, that tells us specifically that our God created everything that exists as it exists over the course of six days, six 24-hour periods. And I remember that being really complicated for me as a kid because it didn't make sense and I couldn't wrap my head around it. And I know lots of friends of mine who left their faith specifically because of this question. If the Bible is meant to be sacred, if we're supposed to take everything in it as truth, but we have all of this conflicting knowledge, what are we supposed to trust? And for many of my friends, they trusted science and pushed religion away. And I think fundamentally that is because of a misreading of scripture. And so I want to talk a little bit about that today. We're going to be reading what's called the narrative lectionary for the next several weeks, where we'll take a chunk of our Bible's narrative and our Bible's wisdom to uh, learn more about who God is, how God interacts with us, and what we can do with that as a people of faith. So we're starting in Genesis, and we'll end uh, with Acts much later 
down the line um, in 2022, but we're doing that intentionally for a couple of reasons. First, I wanna challenge you to pick up your Bible and read it. It's a complicated book and it's a difficult book at times, but it is a beautiful book if we read it well, if we read it the way that it was meant to be read. So the Bible never meant to be, it was never written to be a scientific textbook. It was, it's a, a collection of books and each of those books, many of them are themselves collections of bits of wisdom from people through generations who are trying to instruct the next generation about how they built their relationship with our mutual God. And there's some wisdom to be shared from generations past to our generation now, if we can strip away all of the baggage that's associated with reading it. So that's my first challenge. Pick up your Bible and read it. I hope that you absorbed. Carolyn did such a beautiful job of reading the first chapter plus a few extra verses in the book of Genesis, but you could keep going from there to learn more and more and to allow your mind to expand through these interactions that people have had with God. Because the first few chapters of Genesis are all about human, humanity's origin story. Now, it's not meant to tell direct facts. It wasn't meant to say that we know exactly how God operated because in the first chapter, God is the only character. There were no people observing these days of creation. We just put in trust that God created something. And so the people who wrote these stories and this wisdom down did it through prayer and intention and guided by the Spirit, specifically to convey certain kinds of things about the character and the nature of our God. So when we read the, this first chapter, what do you see? What do you learn about God? Not what do you learn about a lack of understanding of science, not what brushes up against your biases about the way the world works. What can you see about the heart of God when you read this story? To give some context, there were lots of other creation stories around the time that our creation story was written down and told through generations. There were other stories about gods who were fighting between one another. There was a great battle between these divine figures and one of them was slain and their co-conspirator was slain and one of those gods' bodies was, became the earth that we walk on and the blood from the co-conspirator became the seeds for humanity to grow up. And the God that enabled this to happen, that survived this battle defeating the two foes, specifically created humanity from the blood of one enemy onto the blood of another enemy so that they could toil and provide shade and comfort for him. That was another creation story existing in the same period of time that our creation story was written. I wonder what we could learn about the heart of God by comparing these two. There are other creation stories about multiple gods who created humanity in order to be servants or in order to be slaves. 
our God doesn't do that. Our God doesn't start with humanity to put them to work. God starts by creating a canvas on which life could form. Creating light, bringing order to chaos, separating waters from land, enabling life to come up from the ground to support the life that would come to walk upon it or fly over it or swim through it. And then once those things are created, our God creates humanity. Not to be slaves, but instead to be caretakers, stewards, co-workers with God. When the first people of faith started imagining who our God is and the nature of the universe and the nature of our interactions with one another, these first people of faith met a gracious God who would name light itself good and who would name you good. Not a slave, not a servant, not less than, but named good. And from that goodness, God enables goodness. God doesn't command anything to these first humans. Instead, God invites them to experience fruitfulness, to experience sustenance, naming the plants and animals as food and also as co-heirs of this incredible gift. The Bible isn't meant to be read as a clear depiction of exactly how creation happened. If we're reading it that way, we're doing it wrong. The Bible is this incredible collection of books and letters and poems and songs. Each of them, each of these writers, trying to do the best that they can to identify God's presence in their lives and challenge the people around them to encounter God in a similar way. So for these first writers who are writing a creation story, when they spread wisdom to children and the next generation, and when they talked about who God was, they didn't talk about God as a conquering warrior who had slain all of his foes. They talked about God, sometimes even using the plural, that they, the, our God, they, they created an abundance and invited humanity to step into it. Humanity being created in God's own likeness, taking on the image and the power and the priestly role of God to bring sacredness, to bring wholeness, to bring life moving forward into the next generation. So what does it mean to be people of faith except to come alongside God? To be co-creators, 
to be engaged in the sustenance of the world, to be caretakers of our neighborhood, and to pass wisdom of goodness. Our original state of being is good, not evil, not sinful, not broken, not distant. Our original state from the moment of humanity's inception is good. Not only that, but that's true of every other aspect of our created order. Light, good. Darkness, good. Land, good. Sea, good. Plants, good. Animals and birds and fish, good. Humanity, good. And so in this particular moment in human history, our creation story doesn't challenge our understanding of science. Our creation story challenges our use of the planet, our misuse of the planet. Our creation story challenges our definition of neighbors and even friends and family as enemies or outright evil. Our creation story challenges the idea of war and violence against one another and hatred. Because fundamentally, underneath all of these layers that we have built up over generations and over habits and all of these things, they're just covering up who we were originally created to be. Good, beloved, sacred, caretakers of God's creation, working not as servants, not as slaves, but as co-creators, helpers. I hope that you'll join me in reading the Bible over the next several weeks. I know um, last year I made the challenge to read the Bible in a year, and several of you did it. I'd encourage you to do the same thing. Pick up the Bible, start over again. If you've never gotten out of Genesis, that's okay. If you want to start in another book, that's okay. But I would encourage you to pick up your Bible. Don't read it as a science textbook. Read it as a collection of stories and letters and poems and songs that are trying to convey some fundamental truth about our relationship with God and God's relationship with us. That's how it's meant to be read. So I hope that you'll join me in it. Today, I am inspired by the good news of our goodness and I am challenged to live into that identity well. May you be a caretaker of this good and green earth. I invite you now to join me as we affirm our faith together by repeating the creed that we wrote together way back in 2019, affirming our faith in our triune God and in our process of understanding God. Let us 
affirm our faith together. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon from North Decatur United Methodist Church. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you want to learn more about our church, you can visit us at ndumc.org.